Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. Guys, you guys are going to love the topic on the podcast today. Is Mark Goulston, just an expert in psychiatry and just the way of thinking. Mark, it is so great having you on the podcast. First time on the ContenderCast. Well, I'm so excited. I you am. Know something... Justin, you talk faster than I think. <laughs> you got to bring the energy. Come on. I get so excited. I love um, what we're going to go through today. And unfor- I mean, it's a tough topic, but um, I just can't wait to dive into you. For those who don't know Mark, in fact, many of you probably do Mark- know Mark. He's been on just about every major uh, news channel, articles, books, like amazing books. Um, we're going to talk about some of those today. Um, but you, what you've you've authored six books here. I mean, this, and maybe even seven now, right? So I think it's seven. Ju- seven. Just listen was a bestseller. You guys got to check that out. I actually downloaded that one yesterday, and it's and that was back in two thousand nine, I believe. Get out of your own way at work and help others do the same. Get out of your way overcoming self defeating behavior, post traumatic stress disorder for dummies, uh, real influence, persuade without pushing and gain without giving in and then talking to crazy how to deal with irrational and impossible people in your life. I mean, unbelievable content. Mark, <laughs> that's pretty awesome, right? And another one and we're going to talk about today. <laughs> I, I, this, I must be a legend in my own mind. <laughs> I think it's so cool. Well, um, before we get to this whole topic of COVID-19 and, and talking about PTSD in this, in this day and time, which is crazy to be talking about that, but um, it is our reality. Talk about, how did you even get into psychiatry? I, I looked at your background. You did your undergrad in like zoology and whatnot. We've got a lot of people early in their career that listen to the podcast and like, you know, trying to figure out what they should do. How do you go from zoology to psychiatry? How does that happen? Like, tell me about your story. Well, it was, it was zoology, so it's a biology major, and then I went to med school. And so you go to med school, but there is a backstory, and I'm almost afraid to tell it because I'll have to ramp it down a few RPMs given the the, the hyper thing. But I'll, I'll 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 try to do it without getting too you know overly morose about it. I, I have breakfast with Larry King seven days a week, and he, his nickname for me is Doctor Morose. He says you're so he says you're so morose, and I said, well, I don't want to talk about sports and politics. Everybody else is doing it, and he's <laughs> and, and, uh, but but he's had a terrible year with all sorts of illnesses. So uh, you know so uh, and we speak you know every day on a Zoom call, and you know and and, and he's this real tough rough. Uh, Brooklyn guy, and a few weeks ago, he said, I said, look, you know, if you don't want me to bring down the energy, you know, then, you know, I don't want to do that. You've had a tough year. And he said, he said, uh, Larry loved Dr. Morose. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice nickname. <laughs> yeah, but, here, but here's the background. So um, uh, I went to med school, and then I tell you, my greatest accomplishment probably was I dropped out of medical school twice and finished. I don't know anyone. How does that happen? Because I had untreated depression. Oh my god! So I dropped out. I dropped out because I was highlighting all the books and I couldn't hold on to it. Uh, First time I dropped out, took a blue collar job, and I just loved it. My brain came back, Mm -hmm. and then I came back and it worked for another six months, and then it happened again. And the school wanted to kick me out because they were losing matching funds. So if you look at me, you know I probably look like you know I wouldn't invest in this guy. He'll never become a doctor. Uh, and, but what happened is the dean of students, the dean of students cares about 
students. The dean of the school cares about fundraising. And he pulled me into his office after I met with the head of the school. And, and uh, he said, uh, you better come in here. I get a letter from the head of the school when I go in there. And I'll tell you, Justin, I'm at a low point. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not in the best shape. And, and I come from a background where you're only as good as what you produce. You know, sure. Depression age parents, your worth is what you can do. And so I was at a low point. So imagine that you're at a low point and I'm not, I don't even want to say how low sure. I could have gone. And so this is what the Dean of Students says to you. He says, uh, here's the letter from the main guy. And the main guy says, I've met with Mr. Goulston. We talked about another career. Um, advising the promotions committee that he'd be asked to withdraw. So that's a so that's a way of kicking me out without my flunking out. And so I said, what does this mean? So imagine this: you come from a, a real you got to work hard, and if you if you're not doing much, you're not worth much. So the dean of students looks at me and he said, you know, Mark, uh, you didn't screw up. You're passing, but you are screwed up. But if you but if you get unscrewed up. I think the school would be glad they gave you a second chance because you have a streak of goodness in the world that we don't grade medical school and you have no idea how much the world needs that goodness and you won't know it till you're 35, but you're going to make it till you're 35 and you deserve, you deserve to be on this planet and you're going to let me help you. So he stood up for me against the school. He's just a PhD standing up to the heads of these Boston hospitals. And he said, there's something about this kid and we're going to give him another chance. Well, and you mentioned you had untreated depression. So what does that mean? And how do you figure that out? Like, how did that, how did that sort itself out? I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm reasonably old. So you know, I went, sorry, shrink, but I think it was even before there were antidepressants and stuff like that. And um, uh, so just, I think what happened is I just bought him out. Also, you know, a lot of your entrepreneurial listeners will love this. I was a misfit. You know, most entrepreneurs sure. are misfits. Right? That's true. You know, I, most entrepreneurs I know, they have this big crap-eating grin saying, I'm unhirable. I'm unhirable. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. I'm unhirable. Okay, okay, okay. Don't be so proud of it. You know, okay. Right. Next. So, so what, but what happened is, when he reached in and went to bat for me, it, uh, it flipped the switch because he's, he saw a future for me that I didn't, and he, and he saw value in me that I didn't have to produce. He said, you have some this goodness that the world needs. You just don't know. So then I finished med school, uh, became a psychiatrist, and then I was a suicide expert for 30, over 30 years, and none of my patients killed themselves because I did exactly what he did with suicidal patients is I saw value in them. And, and then I learned this thing, which went into all my books is I learned to, I learned to join people in, in their hell. So I learned to go into the dark night of the soul with people and which gets to the PTSD kind of thing, because see, I think what's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but you know, when you watch the first responders, the healthcare workers, uh, when, when you when you listen to people who weren't by the bedside of their mom or dad or husband or wife when they died, I think what's going to happen is everybody is just trying to survive now. And there's something that goes on in psychology. You know, when you get when you just got to survive or make it through the game, you suppress everything. You push it down because you, you don't have the luxury of feeling it. 
But then when it's safe to feel it, depending on how much you've pushed down, it comes back all the way through your psyche. In fact, I wrote PTSD for dummies, and I've been trying to change the diagnosis to what people live, but I've given up. I'm not going to fight City Hall. I have a book with that title. But here is what PTSD really is. It really is RTA, which stands for re-traumatization avoidance. Re-traumatization avoidance. What that means is when you go through an awful trauma, you do everything you can to survive. But after you get through it, when you ask people who have been really traumatized by rape or uh, cancer, awful things, and you look them in the eye and you say, well, you're so strong. Uh, uh, you got over, how'd you get over that? And they will look you flat out in your eye to eye and they'll say, I never got over it. I got past it. And then you say, what do you mean? And they say, I'm not the same. I'm tentative. I don't put two feet into anything. I check everything. I'm just watching, and and I don't feel at peace. I get, I have fun. I have no joy. I have little bits of thing, and I'm coping. But I'm not the same. And what you're starting to hear, you're starting to get editorials. We will not be the same. America right. you're starting to will hear not that. be the same. And I don't think people understand what that means, though, when they hear that in the nightly news. Well, I, I think I think what happens is. Uh, you know, it's. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong about all this thing. Uh, uh, but it's much easier to stop a country than to get it started because everything has to work in coordination. And so everything was coordinated beforehand. Uh, I listened to Governor Cuomo, and he's right. You know, we can't start business until we start all the schools, and we can't start all the schools until such and such. And uh, and it's all connected. But if you've ever worked in a big business or even in your own business, trying to get people to cooperate and collaborate, it's, it's almost impossible. So now we have to do incredible cooperation and collaboration. So, I, again, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be, a, it's going to be a, a long time. Also, I think there's going to be, there's going to be people that are going to be hungry for contact Sure. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be afraid to be, you know, they're going right. to a movie theater and someone will no cough. Question. Yeah, that's true. It's so you know, true. So, so I, I hope I'm, uh, I hope I'm wrong. And here's the key. So I'm, 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 I'm pitching a book about really how to, uh, uh, how to prevent or lessen the PTSD that's going to follow the coronavirus. And, and, and what it's all about is when you've been traumatized, uh, and you can see this in veterans, you tend to pull away from people. You know, when you're overwhelmed, you pull away because you want to hunker down. And when you pull away, you're prey to your imagination. And your imagination starts running wild because you're not sleeping, you're getting these nightmares, you're getting flashbacks, you're, you're seeing your mom or dad die, that you weren't at the bedside, you you know, seeing all these awful things. You, you know, if you're a healthcare worker, you're seeing, you know, the your head nurse or head doctor who wore garbage bag, got COVID and then died. So, uh, so all this stuff, which you didn't have the luxury of feeling, starts to push through. And so you hunker down. And so my idea, uh, which, I'm, which I've been also uh, trying to get started with veterans who have a high suicide rate, is you got to get people together. And you could do this online with Zoom or Skype. 
But you know, after we pass this, they need to start sharing the story. So what was the first time as a healthcare worker or whatever you walked in and you said to yourself, I'm in hell? And so you get people sharing that. And what was the first time that you went back to your apartment and uh, you knew you were exhausted, but you couldn't sleep and you had to go back the next day? What was the first time you thought, oh, I think I made a mistake. I think I, that person who died with the intubation, I think I may have ripped their trachea. You know, so you have people sharing these things that they've just suppressed now. But then as people share, here's what happens. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm sort of a, a, a passionate about neuroscience. When people, when people share, they get a surge of bonding called oxytocin. It's the bonding hormone. That's what causes young mothers to not want to kill their newborns who are just crying nonstop. And, and what most people don't know is that oxytocin counteracts high cortisol. So when we get stressed, I'll, I'll give you like a, a one-minute uh, neurobiology course sure, here. that'd be great. When we, when we get stressed, our adrenal glands say stress and pumps out uh, cortisol. And cortisol gets us ready to deal with the stress. The cortisol then also uh, triggers something inside of our brain. And anyone who's taken a little bit of neuroscience has heard the word amygdala hijack. And what it does, it triggers our emotional brain to hijack the blood flow away from our thinking brain into our survival brain. So an amygdala hijack uh, sees that there's stress and it, sh and it shunts the blood into our lower brain to survive. And so that's why we can't think. And, and, uh, and, and then what, but what people don't know is oxytocin uh, counters that. Oxytocin lowers cortisol, calms down the amygdala, which is why if you're an entrepreneur and you're in an intimate relationship and you have a partner who says, don't give me advice, don't give me solutions, right. stop right. solving everything, just listen. You don't listen. And then what happens is you say to yourself, I am listening. And then uh, your partner's cortisol goes up. Your cortisol goes up. You both get, get amygdala hijacked. And then you say, let's take a time out before we say something we can't take back. Welcome to, well, welcome to that world. And so the whole idea is when you get people sharing those things that they've pushed down, I mean, see, what would happen when I would see suicidal patients? And why did, I was thinking, why didn't they kill themselves? Well, when you go into their hopelessness and stop throwing solutions at them that they're too shut down to use, and they feel felt. So my book, Just Listen, is about how do you cause people to feel felt. Right. Feeling With felt empathy is much, as well. It's much more different than feeling understood. And I'm going to give you a taste of it that, you can use and your listeners should use and you know we're meandering between what what the hell does this have to do with being an entrepreneurial leadership yeah, yada, yada, that's yada. wonderful so uh, i spoke in moscow uh in october with a nobel prize winner named daniel kahneman he wrote thinking fast and slow so there were three of us speaking uh you know we all headlined and i introduced something that i haven't written a book on yet and i might write a book on it and uh and I introduced, and it was called Change Everything You Know About Communication. And I'm going to 
demonstrate it with you, Justin, right now, and see if see if you can feel a change. Okay. What I said to the Russian audience is, you know, you're all managers, you're CEOs, some of you are entrepreneurs, not that many in Russia because it's Russia. I said, if, if I focus on what you're listening to, you're listening to me, and if I throw some bullet points at you, you know, you'll take notes, you'll get the slides, you'll try the bullet points, some will work, most of them won't, you know, you'll abandon it. And if I'm entertaining enough, you'll give me your attention for you, what, I, what I got with you an hour. And, and you'll give me your minds for an hour. And then I went into my NPR voice, Justin. <laughs> and I, and then I, I no, love that voice. And, and it was, and it was, and they didn't even hear me in English. They heard me in Russian. So I don't even know how the translation took it. But I changed my voice and I said, but if instead of focusing on what you're listening to, I focus on what you're listening for and I deliver that, you'll give me everything. And, and here's the difference with you. This is what you're listening for with me right now, Justin. The people that are listening to your podcasts, you're listening for something that will help them get amazing value so that they tell all their contacts, you got you to gotta check out this podcast. You know, uh, or I'm going to send you a link and you're going to check out this guy's podcast. I mean, the people that Justin speaks. So what you're listening for is, is this guest going to give my listeners that kind of value? Something interesting that they would take away. Something interesting and something that is immediately doable by them. That's right. So this is what I said to the Russian audience. And you can apply this to any audience. I said, let me see if I get what you're listening for. If you're managers and CEOs, what you're listening for, first of all, you're judged by results. You're not even judged by performance. That's too squishy and abstract. You're judged by measurable results. You get good results, you get a promotion, you get a raise, you get bad results, you, know, you get a warning, then you're fired. So is that true? And they go, duh. <laughs> right. And then the second thing is I said, what you're listening to next is you're listening for me to give you a way to get better results that's less stressful because the way you're doing it now by strong-arming people and intimidating people, you're all drinking too much freaking vodka and food. You know, you look like shit. <laughs> right. I mean, I said this. It's a good I know what they translated it into. And I said, that's not a good thing. So you're looking for a way to get better results that's less stressful, you know, so you don't drop dead from your, you know, your health habits. Is that true? And I go, oh, duh. And then the, then the third thing I say, here's the, and here's the catch. The third thing is what you're listening for is that I will give you tips and tactics that are doable by you immediately where you don't have to buy a book. There's no book on this. You came here because you read my other books. They did pretty well in your country. I, you know, so there's no book on this. There's no upsell. There's no course you have to buy. You pay, you pay a lot of rubles to get in to see this thing. And so, but if I could give you tips and tactics that you could use immediately, to start you getting better results that are less stressful, this will be uh, this would be worth the money you paid and the time you gave. Is that true? They all died. Of course, of course. But, but 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 the point I'm getting at is if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, uh, uh, if you're a guest on a podcast, like I am, whoever you're with is listening for something. No question. 
And if you can just let go of what you're trying to jam down their throat, which they're going to resent and resist. <laughs> right. Uh, if you can just be curious about what they're listening for, they will lean in. And then the key is this. Serve them, don't sell them. There's something I used to coach people on in sales called the Miracle on 34th Street sale. Oh, you got to well, tell us, you got to unpack that for us. Oh, yeah. Well, you're, you're too young. You maybe you sound very. The Miracle on 34th Street, it's about this guy who thinks he's a uh, Chris Kringle. Is people would come in, they're Macy's, you know, and he'd say, oh, no, you can get a cheaper Gimbal's. The, you know, he would send people to the competitors, no, no, don't buy it here. It's cheaper down the street. And so the Miracle on 34th Street, which I got this reputation for, is I would go see a potential prospect or customer, and I would drill into what they were listening for. And on more than a few occasions, I'd say, you know, I could probably sell you something, but there are three things you need to get done before you even consider spending money on me. Mm -hmm. And what you know, are those three and, things? And, and, and then I'll pick them up. You know, you need to get this thing. You know, uh, you need to get your, your team has a big hole in it. Uh, this thing, you know, uh, as soon as I walked into the company, I could pick up the uh, that the culture sucks. Uh, you know, so and, and and I have excellent people that I know. If you don't already have sources, but I think you need to take care of those things. That's like the miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Before you even consider what I have, because uh, what I have, you know, it's good stuff, but it's the wrong timing. Uh, and I'm happy to, uh, you know, and I collect people that are excellent at what they do. That means they're, they're consistently better than very good. Wow. And, if you, uh, and, and I'll make that introduction. And wow. then what happens, Justin, referring yep. to excellent people, that's the coin of the realm. I mean, then those people, uh, the ones that tend to be reciprocators, you know, they'll dig down into what you do or what your products and services are, but they'll keep you as someone that they can share with their potential prospects. And what would happen is I, I got feedback that some of the customers, a friend of some of the customers or prospects, they, they weren't customers because I sold them to someone else. They said, you know, I heard from this person that you drove two hours to not sell them on you. Wow. And they said, why did you do that? <laughs> oh, I said, oh, because they bought something much more important than my product and service. They brought trust. Oh. They trust me and I can go back anytime. Sure. So I wouldn't take advantage of that. And so that's why, I, I mean, I, I make two introductions a day, Justin. And the, and these are pretty amazing introductions. Now. But they're not, intro don't hit on me if you're listening. I mean, these are introductions <laughs> This CEO to that CEO. You, you know, know what, though? But, but so much good comes from that, right? Of being the connector. I mean, that's a, another thing. That, I mean, we talked before we hit record about just your different interests and passions and things. And that's another thing that I think you're really great at. Well, thank you. But, but did you get the What I like the takeaway to be is that there's a difference between focusing on what people are listening for and what they're listening to. But the point is, you got to let go of your agenda. Uh, now, if if you're in sales, you got a sales manager who's who's you know you know on your back saying you got to make your numbers. Well, you know you might have to educate them about what you're doing, and and you got to see if this goes along with you. But I will tell you, 
I think pushy selling, which was the article that caught your attention, selling yep. in a post-pandemic Absolutely. world, <laughs> yep. it's, it's going to be different because what's happened is the, the coronavirus is like a pushy salesperson who's taking your life away from you. Right. It's, it's just pushing. It's not asking you permission. It's just invading your space. And so, uh, again, I hope I'm wrong because, you know, I don't want to put a lot of sales training businesses out of business. But I think after this, people are going to be really sensitive to being pushed, you know, cornered. Yep. Well, and you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. You, you talked about PTSD earlier and then we, we bounced over to your book, Just Listen, Discover the Secret, Secrets to Getting Through to Absolutely Anyone. I like as we come back to the 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 thoughts around the coronavirus and in not only selling but kind of working our way through that. Like, what are some of the things that we can be looking for for those that may be having symptoms of like PTSD and or help people get through that? What are some of the things we should be thinking about as individuals listening to you today? They're radio silent. A lot of people are out there trying to push to learn new new skills, and they've sort of disappeared. You know, so you're looking for people withdrawing, and why people withdrawing is they're trying to, they're suppressing all all the trauma, and and they're they're trying to minimize stimulus, and so people, and I'll tell you something. Here's a here's a another good takeaway. I think is what I've told people to do every morning. Uh, give yourself a break on the weekend but schedule <laughs> schedule half an hour every morning and the first thing you do and you send texts or emails or whatever to people and you know, especially where you know when you know where they're located now that can be almost anywhere sure and they won't say how are you doing because that's like one of those empty kind of things we say how are you doing oh, i'm, fu- I'm right, fine. fine blow my brains out tonight thank you very much uh, but but if you but what I what I do is I say um, because I see what I live in the subject I'll say just checking to see if you're okay and then I fall with we're fine and so I send that out because that really that really that's more pointed than how are you doing and and, and you send it out to people a half an hour every every morning. And what's good about this, we're all in this together, and everybody's a little bit worried about some of the people they've known over the last 10 years. And we're all going to find out about, oh, remember so-and-so, and you lost contact? Right. They died right. from, the, wow. from COVID-19. Yeah. But I think if you discipline yourself to do that every day for half an hour, because we always guard our calendars. When we have appointments, we don't want to come off as flaky. We show up. But if you do that, make it 15 minutes. You can go to LinkedIn. Um, and again, don't upsell anyone. I, I mean, one of the things that drives me a little nuts, but I'm oversensitive to this, so maybe I'm oversensitive, is when you get people who are trying to be generous, but it's disguised and we have a great offer for you, you know, for, for two weeks, this is free, and then we'll discount our course. I think that's okay, but you got to start with, kindling your care caring about their safety so i'd make it a separate message so so i'd send the uh, uh, uh just checking uh to see if you're okay 
see if you get a response, and I'm getting responses from everyone. And then after that, uh, you can ask a question, you know, uh, you know uh, have you been able to maintain your business? I mean, has, well, the next one would be, has your business taken a hit? You know, but you don't just crowd it in because it just, it's ugly. You know, show the caring and concern first. And if, and if you want to work in it, actually mean it. Right. Yeah, I just think there's going to be so many people that, uh, and we've already seen it. Uh, we have a couple of family friends who, uh, in fact, two families that we know whose sons committed suicide in the last week and a half. And, you know, these are not families you would ever expect to see that from. And those are just people that we know. And I think there's probably more of that pain out there and to come. You know what I mean? The byproducts that aren't anything to do with getting that virus. So let me give you a suicide intervention tip. And so again, uh, for you listeners who are thinking this guy's all over the place, hey, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> if, you're a, if you're an entrepreneur, so are you. Right. You know, you, so put a sock in it. Already. Oh uh, my god! But if you're concerned about someone, you haven't heard from them. You can even say, have you know, uh, you know, haven't heard, seen you in our social network. Just checking to see if you're okay. But uh, one, one of the things that I came up with, because I was trying to figure out why why was I so effective, I guess, you know, in suicide pre- prevention. So if you know what CRISPR is, CRISPR goes into genes and fixes them. So I developed something called interventional empathy. And I've done this with groups of teens. And I've come up with uh, what I call uh, the, uh, uh, the eight words. And I've coached parents, use these on your kids who don't want to talk to you uh, because uh, uh, I'm I'm partnering with a a friend whose 14-year-old son committed suicide two years ago, and he did a documentary based on one of the suicide notes was Tell My Story. So if you look up Jason Reed, uh, I mean, you'll check him out, and we're partnering and going to YPO and EO groups because... You know, they're all a little bit spooked by some of their teens. But the way interventional empathy works, and what Jason told me is he said, you know, when you ask a teenager or a friend, how are you doing? And they say, I'm great. They're usually good. But when they say I'm fine, they're not. Interesting. I thought that was amazing. So if you have someone like that, uh, now, now you, you know, you got to pick and choose. And you could say, you know, you don't sound fine. Um, uh, I got eight words for you. And they're going to look, what? You can say, no, i got eight words. I you know, heard about this on the internet. Uh, and, and then you say the eight words, but you say the eight words not transactionally, but like you're inviting them to feel any of them. You can say, yeah, here are the eight words. Anxious, depressed, afraid, angry, ashamed, alone, lonely, exhausted. Are you feeling any of those? And then what happens is they'll come up with a word. If it's a teenager, they might be uh, afraid or angry. And then, then what you say is, at its worst, how bad does that get for you? And they're not going to be all, they're going to say, pretty bad. Uh, and when you feel that, how alone do you feel? All alone. And, and so what I'm coaching parents and mental health workers uh, and this is what we'll do with first responders who are having PTSD. And the final question is, take me to the moment when you felt it at its worst. And there's an interesting thing that happens, which is a huge surge of oxytocin. 
when that person tells you about an event that you can see with your eyes, they re-experience it. But they're, but they're re-experiencing they're experiencing it, but they're not alone. And because they're not alone and you're listening and you're not rushing them with a solution, they may start to cry, but you're not making them cry. You're draining pus from the dark night of the soul. Wow. <laughs> that, I don't even know what to say. That's crazy. I, know, I, sl- I slowed you in your tracks, Jeff. Wow, I know. And you know I'm pretty fast. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's powerful, though. I mean, that's powerful. Uh, so those eight words, I mean, you, if you look up Mark Goulston, uh, G-O-U-L-S-T-O-N, and my website, I'm just I'm just putting out content like crazy. So uh, if you go to markgoulston.com, uh, uh, and it's wide-ranging from leadership to sales to uh, uh, my most recent one was talking about how uh, uh, if, you're, if you're stuck at home and you don't know how to do closeness, uh, I give people tips who tend to be entrepreneurs or techies who don't know how to get close to people. Uh, so that's about this is, this is what you say to the person who loves you, but you drive them crazy because you give them advice when they don't want it. <laughs> that's, friend, Sounds that's like good. you got some of those, right? Justin. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, wrap up with, my God, I mean, we could go on for hours. Um, and like, if I took each one of your books, that's probably like a whole whole episode in itself. So, um, man, we've, we've hit so much great content today, Mark, and I really do appreciate you being here on the show. Um, Share, you mentioned your website. How else can our, our listeners find you, engage with you, connect with you? Where else can they find your content, et cetera? Well, you mentioned, I have a podcast called My Wake Up Call, and it's on uh, uh, iTunes and wherever you hear your podcasts. And I like interview influencers about what matters most to them in life and the wake-up calls getting there. So I've interviewed Larry King, Doug Conan, (laughs) Tim Brown from IDEO, and a bunch of notable women. And and they're incredibly personal, vulnerable conversations. In fact, 50% of the people have said, this is the most vulnerable I've ever been in public. And I say, we don't have to post it. And all of them have said, no, 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 I want to post it. I just never gets brought out. I mean, people don't know this about me, and I want them to know this about me. <laughs> right. Isn't that a great thing? You know, people just yeah. don't have real conversations that often. Uh, so I hope people will check out my wake up call and check out markcoulson.com or go to Amazon. I also hope people will, uh, you know, take care, take care of themselves and each other. I love it. Well, I really appreciate you coming on podcast today. I can't wait to have you back on a couple months. Love to revisit, you know, what's transpired, some of your new content, see where you are with this new book. And um, again, I just really appreciate you being on. Well, thank you, Justin, a.k.a. Jonathan. That's right. Or Joseph (laughs) or Jason or a bunch of other names people call me. (laughs) I I can't call you Jonathan because I'm going to go to Wittafwit. It's going to be a whole (laughs) podcast. That's a whole other episode. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. 
This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. 